part of a study in Deuteronomy. Uh, we will be in chapter 29. Everybody say 29, 29. Okay, we're, gonna, we're actually going to have our focus verse uh, is this. So if you all will stand at the reading of God's Word, we're going to do that th- this way uh, today. And so read it out loud with me. Here we go. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Lord, bless us in your reading of your Word. You may be seated. Remember, the book of Deuteronomy is Moses' last uh, uh, work of speaking to the, 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 the new generation, the children of God, and they're about to enter into a promise of God, the promised land, and he is speaking to them. Uh, he has b- been with them for a long time. He, he's not going to be able to go on into the promised land. That's a whole other sermon or message, but he's saying, hey, you're about to go in. He said, look, there's two things you need to remember. We've, each, each of the weeks we've talked about various things, but he says, look, there are two ways to live. Everybody just hold up two. There's two ways to live. He's saying, look, there's a phenomenal way. Either way, however you choose to live, you'll either return with this kind of result or this kind of result. It's a great thing. And he's saying, look, first of all, blessings come when you have obedience. Obedience brings blessing. In verse 28, or, or chapter 28, verses 1 and 3, it says, if you fully obey the Lord, you will be blessed. We would all agree with that. Amen fully obey. Uh, and it will be blessed not only in the city, but in the country and the fruit of your womb and also blessed in the crops of your land. So basically, if you follow the ways of the Lord, it's not just about a, a small portion of your life. It's all aspects of your life and it will affect the, the, the place where, places where you live, work, and play. Uh, when a b- believer goes into their workplace, whether that workplace is Christian or not, and you are following the ways of the Lord, the Lord does some great things in your midst. Have you? How many have noticed that a little bit when you let him into your workplace? You don't even have to say anything. It's a great, great thing. He then goes on and though and says, hey, if in verses 15 and 16 here, if you do not obey the Lord your God, you will be cursed in the city, cursed in the country, your basket and your kneading trough, I'm sure everybody has two of those, will be cursed. Basically what you put your hand to, your provision, the favor of the Lord won't be with you, whereas when you obey his ways, your favor of the Lord will be with you. Do you see the difference here? So here he is, he's saying, hey, two ways to live. There's a pathway of blessing. There's a pathway of non-blessing. And and I think if you were like me or any of the children that were standing there, especially the parents, they would say, Moses says, what's going to happen here? You say, it's this way or that. What are my kids going to experience? I'm going to paraphrase here. It's all written up there. What are they going to inherit? What What can I expect for the next 10 years? What will the future hold? What if the White House changes who's in the office? What's going to happen when COVID's gone? What's going to... Do you see how this is so parallel to our life? They're here about ready to enter into a promise and they've got questions. Verse 29, 29. In fact, I would suggest to you that this, you go and create a folder or a a place in your notes on your your iPhone or whatever is my 2929 folder. Things I put in, because there are some things we'll not know this side of heaven, and there will be other things that we'll know this side of heaven. Amen? And you get to some places, you go, "Ah, why? I don't know. So it's 29-29. Two divided parts. 
The stuff that we don't understand, the stuff that doesn't make sense. Why does bad things happen to good people? Uh, why does this happen? Why did that happen? Why didn't you answer my prayer here? Some things we will not know. That's a 29-29 kind of file folder thing, right? It's what you turn over to the Lord. But then there are many things God has revealed to you and I, and Moses is sharing this in this last part. It says, as you get ready to step into the promises that God has for you, you've got to realize you're not going to have a fully detailed roadmap. There are some of you in this room, you've either married somebody that wants all the details before you pull out of the driveway, and you have another personality that says, let's just go, we'll figure it out on the way. Hello? Rarely do the same marry. It's usually opposites, right? But, and, and so we've got to, got to realize that we, we cannot have all the answers, and most of you in here know that, but it really does get challenged. So th- some things God keeps as secrets, things that you're not going to know. Things that's hard to understand. Things that you can't answer, especially if someone looks up to you as a spiritual figure in the home and they say, well, why is this? Have you ever gotten that question? Well, why? And then they, they list all that. Why, why would God allow uh, hospitals to be bombed? Why? Why would innocent people be taking life? And you're going, ah, I don't know. Say, so, you know what? I don't know, but I trust God. God's bigger than all the things that are going on. It's that 29-29, accepting the limits of revelation. We are a data-driven, we're a community and a people that wants to have information. You carry around a computer in your hand called a phone that's more powerful than what took the astronauts from the earth to to the moon and back. It's this powerful data-driven, you got to have 5G, 4G, and LTE is just not enough. You got to have high-speed cable. Some of you are praying for that, I know, because you live in the country. But, but you, it's data, and we want information. Inquiring minds want to know. But you have to get to a place of saying, I know I'm not going to be able to have everything that I want as far as information or understanding. I'm going to affirm that God's got that. There's a reality of these things. And putting the emphasis on what God has revealed. Living life on what God has versus the unknown. Let's say you're making a big decision. Maybe you have something that's a life-changing decision. And instead of trying to figure it all out and weigh out the ROI or the ROE, return on effort, return on investment, and you're trying to say what's the pros and cons and do the Ben Franklin statement and trying to come out with a mathematical equation, sometimes it's about faith. Sometimes it's about trusting that God has you no matter where, which way you step. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? I have misstepped along life's road quite often. I'm glad the, the cost for that wasn't uh, life-taking, right? Amen? Moses says, the secret things belong to the Lord. Even when you want to throw your hands up, the secret things, say that out loud with me, the secret things belong to the Lord. And secret doesn't mean, well, that's not fair. I, I, I deserve to know the secrets, God. Why are you keeping things from me? Boy, that doesn't sound like an eye-focused event, is it? But we do that to him, don't we? Sometimes we can run through that. He's just patient. He's listening to us. And eventually we come around, but God. I love that phrase, but God. But then God, I I trust you. But God, I trust you. I'm not going to give up. I'm not throwing my hands up. The things may be frustrating. You know that, Lord. You can be honest with him. Lord, when, when I'm frustrated because I want to know, I know you understand, and I'm going to come back to the truth that secret things belong to you. I was thinking about what are the things that's going on in your life that don't make sense? 
or things that you're hopeful for and it's not yet to make sense. This is the framework that Moses is trying to share with the people. Look, this is going to happen and you're going to be at these Y or crossroads. I love the little graphic with, with the arrows. You know, it doesn't, it's not up or down, it's left or right. You're on a journey. You're on a journey. Hmm. When God reveals things, though, the things that are revealed... It's for us to stand on them, to have a strength, to have, back to twenty nine twenty nine. the second part, it says the things revealed belong to you. I don't know if you need to point to somebody and say that means you too, because we sometimes think it's for them down the street or for those that are somewhere in a different place. It's for you all, for me, it's for each of us. It's so that we'll have strength. Faith, you know, comes over here and bows. Yes, says, I, I don't understand, Lord, so I'm just going to reverence you knowing you're bigger than it all. And I bow to that mystery. But Lord, I stand firm on what you have revealed to me. There are things that we've been had revealed to us that we should be taking a stand on. American church, global church, Christians, believers. Hello. What I love about the things that God has revealed, there are things that aren't just for you and I. There are things that our children can stand on too. It's the things that belong to you, and it's an ability to, no matter what the circumstance, you can count on it. How many have looked in the Bible and found hope? Read a verse and you go, wow, that's... Wow, that speaks to me today. That's why it's important to be in the Word of God is because He is speaking every time you read it. If you allow the Holy Spirit to bring the revelation of what you're reading, He's always encouraging you if you're careful. We live by faith and not by sight. Great thing you should put probably on a sticky note in your cab of your car or, or truck or on the windshield of your bathroom. And you might say, I live by faith, not by sight. The world wants you to believe something different, but are you living by faith or does everything have to be by sight? God wants to grow your faith. God wants to say, this is true. There will be a day though, right? Let me just kind of have a drum roll here. There will be a day when your faith will be turned into full 3D color sight. It's a day when Jesus comes back and the mysteries now are torn away and all of a sudden you're in the rest of your life on into eternity. When that happens, that's going to be a beautiful day. But until then, we've got to stand on some truths. I want to take the next little uh, part of our message time and have seven things I want to talk to you about. Seven secrets, uh, and but also seven truths. You ready? These are now taking everything we've just kind of conceptually talked about or truths out of the Bible. We're going to apply them. Are you ready? Say yes or no. All right. Are you ready? Put on your seatbelt, number one, the future for our children. How many in here, you're not thinking about yours, you're thinking of the people, the pew behind you. I hope the Lord, you, I don't know about their future. No. Right? There are people that you know. What will happen to my children? Who will they marry? Will they be happy? Will they prosper? What kind of world will my grandchildren inherit? Look at the very bottom there. The secret things belong to the Lord. Will you say amen to the future of your children? Number two, the reason for your suffering. I know that some of you have different heartaches. Some of you have physical suffering. And we look at this and we say, why was I born into this family? Why did I marry them? I'm not saying you're anybody in this room, but those people online, you know, those people that might want. Now, why, why did that awful event happen to my son or my daughter? Why did that happen in school? That great disappointment. Why? Well, I've been asking you these questions, some of these questions for years, and you just won't answer. What does that bottom little spray say? 
This, say it out loud with me. We're going to do this a whole lot of times, all right? The secret things belong to the Lord, and that list could be endless. Right. Number three, the manner of your death. I mean, some of you have got your, your eternal security, right? You know that one day you will pass from this life to that, and you will journey through the valley of the shadow of death, but how will that happen? I mean, some of us are saying, I'm not stepping on the gas pedal. I don't want to hurry things, but I feel confident. I'm at, I'm at peace. But there's still some questions to that. You know, like, how long will I live? Should I take the, the retirement early, or should I go ahead and, and wait, because I'm going to live for you know, a long time? No. How about old age? Will I have my mind? You know, like with old age, I'll, will I have my mind? And you start forgetting you just said something. Did you hear what I just did? I just thought, thought I'd throw that out there. Will I die? Or will it be an accident? Which will it be, illness or an accident? Will I have that sound mind? Will I experience pain? There are people, depending on where you are in your age, that really do concerned about these things. What do we, what do we know? The secret things belong to the Lord. How about the salvation of your loved ones? I have talked to some of you, and you have such heartache for some of the people that you know. Some are in your family, some are just friends, and you so want them to know Jesus. Not just know about him, but you want them to have the, the liberating presence of God in their life, and their bondage, and the things that are pulling them down. You want them to be set free, and you've prayed, and you've prayed, and you wonder, will they ever say yes to Jesus? You might have prayed and said, does it even matter that I'm praying? Can I say that it is? I'm going to tell you why that in a minute. But I, 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 will they be converted? The secret things belong to the Lord. Number seven, the events of tomorrow. There is a lot of events going on, right? There's a lot of things going on. James 4 says this, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town and spend a year there or trade or make a profit. Verse 14, yet you do not know what tomorrow would bring. Does, do you all realize that? We may think we're in control. <laughs> How many know you're going to wake up breathing tomorrow? You know for a fact. See, God has even that oversight is our life. And it says, what, would, what is your life where you are just a, a vapor or a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes? That is the truth that we know about tomorrow. So we have to trust God with that. Then the outcome of your ministries. By the way, just a reminder, everybody that is a believer is also a minister. All right, everybody in here, if you have the Holy Spirit on board and you're walking in the ways of the Lord, the Holy Spirit's going to minister through you, so you're carrying a ministry position. You're not even on, you thought, I thought you had to be on staff to be a ministry position. No, 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 no. He's ministering through you, amen? You're the tabernacle that he hangs out at, all right? You're, right? Okay. Outcome of your ministry. I, I wonder, I work and I serve and, and, and I, I just wonder if I'm doing the right thing. Is it real? Does it have lasting value? I mean, I just pour coffee in the lobby. Thank you, whoever's doing the pouring of the coffee and making the coffee. We would have a lot more cranky people without caffeine. Right? You pray, you wonder if it makes a difference. You, you make sacrifices and sometimes you even wonder if they notice. Hmm, the secret things belong to the Lord. Number seven, the progress of your Christian life. We all get to places where we're wondering, am I, am I becoming what I'm supposed to? You know, am I really fulfilling anything? I don't really, am I growing enough? You know, I look over there and I, I see Pastor Tyler and 
man, I just, man, I just hope I can be one day like him. I'm, I'm using, I'm picking on you, man. Anyway, not big enough. No, think about that. Am I being left behind? I, I don't know the Bible as well as they do. You know, all those questions and, and, and all of a sudden we begin to be thinking about, uh, is it really working? Well, God is conforming you into the likeness of him. There is a progression called sanctification. It isn't immediate, it's over time. The truth is not always obvious to you and I where we are on the growth or how we're doing. But many times other people seeing you a difference. That's the spirit of God working in you. This is a truth. I don't know if it's a tweetable. The answers to some things will not be known this side of heaven. I already said that verbally, but I just thought the answers to some things won't be known. This side of heaven, you don't know. How much is it? I don't know. They're secret things. So we have to trust and we let God reveal them in his time, right? Now let's go into the seven promises. You ready? This is the, camp. We're, we're coming around the last furlong. We're coming into the finishing line. Are you ready? How many would like the Lord to take the next seven points and that person on the other side of the building just starts to begin to believe it and get set free of something? How many would like that? How many would like God to do something bigger than Pastor Bill even has planned? Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You all just need to raise the, boy, raise the roof. All right, here we go. Seven promises. Let's go back. It's the same seven focus points, but here we go. The future of your children. You don't need to know, but God is faithful. That's what you know. The promises that have been revealed is that God loves you. God died for you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. God works all things for what? For those who are in Christ Jesus, for good things. Acts 2.39, the promise is for you and for your children from whom the Lord God will call. This is something you can stand on and tell your kids about. Number two, the reason for your suffering. The reason for your suffering. There are a lot of those painful things, but you can say, look, our present suffering are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed to us. You start quoting scripture that counteract what the devil's trying to push in on you and allowing it to eclipse. Many times, I know I've used this before, take your finger here and that's your issue, your problem, your illness, your, your hurt, and hold it right up against you. Close one eye. Hold it right up. You can't see anything but it. And God says, let me put you up against the backdrop of my truth and my love for you. And it gets to be still there, but it, you look at the glory of God and the promises of God and it becomes less and less of something that binds and traps you. Our troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. Second Corinthians says that. You live with this, uh, the, the, you know, God keeps certain things, but you trust him. Amen. Everybody say, trust him. I don't look across the room and say, you need to trust him more. I've had to apply to me and everybody else. Trust him more. Trust him more. Trust him more. Now, it's kind of crazy. The manner of your death. How many of you, well, I don't want you to give me a date. Somebody said something one day. I don't even know if this is appropriate. We'll erase it off the tape later if it's not. Somebody says, I wish they'd schedule funerals more regularly, you know, more often. And I said, I think that's called being a hit man. You yeah, May the 32nd. I use that on purpose. You know, you can plan better, right? You can, you can take time off in advance. And some of you have to give 30-day notice. You know, you just say, I know that in a year and a half on this date. No, 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 no. We don't know. But what we can count on is in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, it says to be away from the body is to be home of the Lord. For those that know Jesus Christ, there is something far greater than you've ever experienced 
And that's being in his presence. Philippians 1.21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We know that with Christ things are better. We know that uh, when that day comes, we're going to be in a better place than ever we have had before. Do you know some of the promises? Aren't you, don't you, aren't you glad that you're going to lose the pain and the suffering and the doubt and the worry? And you're set free and free indeed. The salvation of loved ones. Here's another promise. We can't make anybody get saved. If, if you do that, it's not real salvation. But who does? It's the Holy Spirit. We can show up in a situation and we can get out of the way and allow him room. My problem for a lot of my life is I would show up, he was there, and I made such a <clears throat> of myself that he, they couldn't see Jesus. Has anybody ever done it <clears throat> to themselves in front of people? No, no show of hands necessary. <laughs> we all have doesn't matter your age. But I can say that when I trust that God's the one that pursues, God's the one that seeks. It says, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I found though by those who did not seek me. This is Isaiah. God loves people before they ever have loved him. In fact, I was running away from Jesus. I was running away from God. I was running away from the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he was faster than me and caught me. Isn't that good about our God? That's so good. And so when we pray for people and family members, you just keep praying. You keep believing. God is seeking them. You can say, hey, oh God, intersect their life with people. I trust you. You're going to bring about this and that. It'll be in your perfect timing. Here's why. Because a shepherd always looks after and follows and seeks the sheep that are lost. Aren't you glad he sought you? How many are glad that you were sought after and bought with a price? Sought after. So when we pray for people, we don't need, I just need to manipulate in and I'm going to leave tracks in the, in the bathroom for him and, and I'm going to get that husband down in a half Nelson and you know, when he's not looking, that won't get him into heaven. But you allowing Christ to transform you and trusting that he's already pursuing them will. Events of tomorrow, pretty relevant in our current day and age. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know if we're going to war or not going to war, what degree, what will tariffs be, what will fuel be. How many have been surprised lately when you filled up? Do you think it'll be there forever? I don't know. But what I know is Christ is on the throne. And I believe that there is a devil that's trying to sabotage us. So I go over to the light and turn up the light in my mind and my worry about tomorrow. If I focus on darkness, you don't need to fight the darkness. God didn't call you and I to fight darkness. He says, look, if you have the light, the darkness must flee. If you turn up the light in your mind and in your heart and your beliefs and your trust that says the darkness must flee. So you don't have to go over there, turn it over to stones looking for darkness. You just say, you know what? In the name of Jesus, be gone. You are not going to have room in my mind anymore. You wake up with nightmares, start quoting scripture, start praying to Jesus, start worshiping him wherever you're at. You're in traffic and they're all a bunch of knuckleheads trying to take your life in traffic. And you start praising the Lord. It'll change your outlook and it'll change the inlook, the, the elevation or the attitude, the altitude is, is based on your attitude. You, you, you rely on him. You trust him. What are some things here? The God spoke this. Don't worry about your life. Look at what the birds of the air and your heavenly father feeds them. Don't worry. Seek first the... What are you seeking today? 
What do you seek on Monday when you're heading to work? What do you seek when you're in traffic? Please don't reach for the glove box. Y'all thought I was talking about one thing. I was talking about a map. Does anybody know what a map looks like anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it and you'll find it. It'll transform you. You won't have to worry any longer. Number six, the outcome of your ministry. Everybody's a minister, right? Everybody has a life that is able and is really called to. So what does it say in 1 Corinthians 15, 18? Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully. I highlighted those, but it goes on to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You have something put on your heart. You come and stand firm. Well, they were unkind to me when I was handing them a bulletin. I'm out of here. What if the sick and the dying or, or the wounded come to church? Thank you, Jesus. How many want those that are just perfected already to come to this church? I don't want that because we'd all have to leave. This is not a perfected bunch of people. We're being perfected. So we want the, the broken and the weary and the heavy laden and the lost and the confused and those struggling with sin. How many in here were one of those? All of us. And we want those people to come in and we want to be able to stand in our ministry calling, whether that's handing out a bulletin, making coffee, serving in the nursery. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I don't do things here at the church campus. I do it when I'm out at Walmart. Then stand Stand firm and let nothing move you other than what God has called you to be. And that is a beacon of hope to bring the light of God into those places. Amen? You don't understand my family. You go stand in the midst of that family. You don't need to tell them off or, or try to fix it yourself. You just say, I'm, can I tell you about what God's doing in my life lately? Let me just tell you what happened just yesterday. And they'll look at you funny. That's okay. You stand and you stand firm and you always allow yourself to, to fully, fully do what you've been called to do, little or big, and watch what God does. Faithfulness. Pray. I'm going to challenge you here, everyone, because I hear some people say, I just don't pray that much. Or I hear other people say, I don't like praying out loud. Really what that means is I'm not yet comfortable enough. I hadn't done it enough to feel comfortable to pray out loud. So here's what you do by yourself in your cab with your dog or whoever's in there with you that you don't mind hearing you. Start praying out loud to the Lord. Start worshiping him out loud one-on-one, -on -one. out in the fishing boat, out on a horseback, out working on the brakes on the driveway. You just start praying out loud and you begin to do that long enough and you won't be scared or, or worried about what you're hearing you say. I tell you who will be scared, folks, and that's the devil himself. You start praying out loud the things and the truths of God and you'll find your atmosphere changing. If you're at high school and you don't like how the bullies or the locker room or the whatever, you know, you just start walking up down there just praising the Lord. Do you know why I like the Martin Luther King parade? I get to pray out loud all the way through the middle of town without getting arrested. I just love praying the blessings of God over Guthrie, Oklahoma. I don't need to worry about that house or this. I just say, Lord, come. <laughs> come and take rule and reign. Lord, you move the darkness out. You become to set your throne in the middle of division in Oklahoma. Amen. Start praying that over your house and your workplaces. Watch what will happen. You begin to learn the ways of the Lord. You begin to, to read and be filled and saturated in you. And all that junk that you grew up with, all those scars that happened to you growing up, will be healed in the name of Jesus. They will be used as a platform of ministry for those that are still broken and wounded. You'll be able to speak through that wound the hope of Jesus.
Every one of you can. Because that's who Jesus is. That's what the Holy Spirit is. Now here's our last one. Okay, are you ready? I don't know if we need to do the, the bleacher count here, or the pound. How about you growing up as a believer? How about how fast you're supposed to go? You know who you should ask? Not the pastor. Not somebody you're sitting with. You're supposed to ask the Lord. And you come up to the teacher and you say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Lord, here I am. Teach me. Lord, I want to know more about you. And he goes, good. And he begins to teach you through the Spirit through the word, through prayer, but he begins to teach you. And guess what? If you're growing in the Lord, you know, living things grow, by the way. Only dead things don't grow. If you're not growing, check your, yeah, check to see which, are you alive or are you dead, right? But no, guess what? It's perfect. God says, my pace is different than Pastor Tyler's, is different than uh, 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 Curtis or whoever. It's if you're following the Lord and allowing him to guide your steps, then wherever you are is the perfect place to be. You may not be exactly where you want to be, so you turn back to God, right? And you say, now you can ask for help along the way, but who's measuring how well you're doing is him. Amen? You say, well, I don't know if it's measuring up. I want, I want, a, I want a report card, God. He said, trust me, right? We're talking about standing on the promises. And there's some things he's not going to say. He'll never tell you with condemnation you're not as good as. That's from the devil. Philippians 1.6. Let's read this out loud, that whole third point. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, me, will be it to completion the day of Christ, Christ. He who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. Faith bows to what is unseen, the secret or the mysteries of God. Faith says, I, I, I trust you, God. I trust you. And he says, I've revealed these things. He says, stand on those things. You'll choose whether to be obedient or not and watch what God does. Here's what Christ did. Here, let me take you all the way to the time he was just before crucifixion. What a great model for us. In Mark chapter 15, when he says, my God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? You may be in a place just like Christ, or, or maybe not as <laughs> difficult of a place, but you're in a place and you're saying, God, why? He was staring into that mystery of God, not giving him an answer. And then he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Father, I'm, I don't understand the why, but I'm all yours. I'm trusting in the promises of what you've already revealed to me. I'm trusting in what you called me to do. Christ, in the Garden of Gethsemane, asked, please let this cup pass for me, but thy will be done. And God has revealed some things in you, each of you. Are you trusting him with that? Or have you held off taking that next step towards him, with him, because you're a little nervous about it, worried about failure, worried about rejection? Are you worried about not knowing? And so it has held you back a little bit from fulfilling God's call on your life. See the secret things. 
is where we learn to trust more. The secret things is where our faith is built up. The revealed things are the things that uh, that we're to to use and to stand on and to obey. Uh, they're, They're yours to own and to keep. He's given these things for you and I to help us. You need to do some standing this next week or maybe this afternoon. Stand on the promises of God. There's an old verse, I thought, or an old hymn says, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, right? Remember that? Guess what the title of the song is? Standing on the promises of God. Those folks in prior generations knew the simple, just call it what it is, standing on the promises. By the way, back when it was released, it was called a modern chorus because they repeated the word a whole lot of times, right? Don't ever judge by framework. Listen to the message. Listen to the truth. If they say standing 42 times, maybe that's an important truth, right? All right. Come to Christ with all your questions and listen to his promises, right? Come to Christ with all your questions. There are some in this room that have questions. And I'm encouraging you today before you leave that you come to Christ with your question. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's about your salvation. Maybe it's about your anything we've talked about. He's saying, I'm standing here ready. I stand at the door and knock. Are you going to open the door today and come to him with your questions? Have you felt empty? Have you been drained through this COVID? Have you come out on this side of the last two years struggling for purpose, struggling to find things? Come to him with that question. You'll find him if you seek him. Amen. It's not just about salvation. It's about being set free or being filled up or being brought peace into areas that don't have peace. Faith. Increase my faith, Lord. Look what Matthew 11 says in verse 27. No one knows the Father except the Son and those whom the Son chooses to reveal himself. You need wisdom in something you're going through? Pursue the Father. Pursue the Son. And the wisdom of heaven will be um, released to you as God sees fit. He also says in John 14, 6, I'm the way, I'm the truth. I'm not a way. I am the way, I am the truth. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Very basic things that we've heard. Always related to salvation. And if you're here this morning and you've not said yes to Jesus, these should hit you right between the eyes, or at least into your heart, heart place of saying, I need you. But for the rest of us that have said yes to Jesus, it's also about every other decision of life as we come to him. He is the way. Let's find the way through this purchase, Lord. Guide me in your way. Let's, let's, let's look at you, Lord. Guide me as I deal with the loss of a family member. Lord, I, I haven't struggled in my marriage, and, and I love all the self-help books, but how about coming back to Christ? How about going back to the Bible and saying, God, I need your help here. Guide me, lead me. Let your power overcome my sadness and my heartache or my anger. Lord, I want to give them to you on the altar of my, the faith that I have for you, that you're, you've got me and you've got this. Does that sound like something that would be a very good thing? Bring all your questions to the Lord. Come to me. Who in this room is not not applied to? Jesus saying, come to me. He says, come to me all. And you may say, no, I got good rest last night. I'm not weary or heavy laden. Come to me. Come to me. I think many times that is the thing that sabotages us experiencing the move of God over our life. 
of receiving the miraculous that he offers. Come to me. So I'd like you all to stay seated, but I'd like you to put your hands out on your lap. Just opened up. Kind of like a, a, there's nothing in them. Or maybe it's full of stuff. But I'd like you to just close your eyes just for a second, and I'd like us to offer up to him something. And that something is you. And if you feel comfortable in your heart to just echo what I'm about to share, then you do so. But this is us coming before the Lord. God, I come to you this morning. And I put before you the things that I have been wrestling with. Father, I come to you with emptiness. I come to you with worry. God, I've been carrying a number of things, and I bring them to you now. And Lord, I want to, as I sit here, I want it to believe, I want to stand on some promises that you're listening right now. Father, whether it be the troubles, Lord, that I'm having with my family or my parents, Father, it's economic or financial or work-related, I bring them to you, Lord, and I ask you to shine down upon them. I ask you to allow your Holy Spirit to lift the burdens that are not to be upon us. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that the devil, anything placed in our hands or in our, our worries, Lord, anything that is on our heart that is not of you, that it would be nullified, that it would be taken out and be disarmed from my life. Lord, open up heaven. Pour out your wisdom and your hope. Father, help me in my fatigue. Father, continue to help me grow more and more into the image of you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I, I trust you. I need you. 